Christos Anesti, Aletheos Anesti. Christ is risen, Alleluia. He is risen indeed, Alleluia. Resurrection blessings to all of you on this Sunday of Sundays. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. Alleluia. This Sunday of Easter celebrates an entirely new possibility for human living. The hope of a transformation to live the divinity of Jesus Christ. Through the gifts of the Holy Spirit that the risen Jesus breathes on his church, may each of us graciously respond to Jesus' invitation to live more deeply his passion, death, and glorious resurrection and ascension, and be drawn into loving communion with God our Father. You are listening to Encountering Jesus with the Church Fathers, a podcast pondering patristic commentary and insight on the sacred scriptures, the sacred liturgy, and living as a disciple of Jesus Christ. I am your host, Father Mark, and I welcome you to this podcast on this most holy and glorious day, Easter, the fourth Sunday. Guiding us this Sunday in opening the Word of God is St. Gregory of Nazianzus. He was born in the year 330 in what is now known as Nenenzi, located in southwestern Turkey. Raised in a Christian and comfortable household, Gregory had access to various educational opportunities, culminating in the study of rhetoric and poetry at the University of Athens. It was here that he met St. Basil, and the two formed a lifelong friendship. In time, Basil and Gregory were prepared for priestly ordination, a reality that Gregory reluctantly accepted. Gregory preferred a more monastic approach to Christian living, especially study and prayer. As his friend Basil was shoring up the faith in the province of Caesarea, he convinced Gregory to be the bishop of Sassima. As a result of tense situations, both from within and without the diocese, Gregory returned home only to become, in time, what amounted to a chaplain at the chapel of the Anastasis in Constantinople. Eventually, he became the bishop of Constantinople and was one of the leaders of the Council of Constantinople in the year 381. While his theological writings were a great and necessary contribution to the Council's Christology and Trinitarian theology, Gregory did not fare well with matters of administration. He was eventually deposed of both the See of Constantinople and Presidency of the Council. Probably hurt by his treatment, yet 
relieved of the burdens he knew he could not handle, he retired to his family estate and spent the remainder of his life devoted to prayer and writing. History eventually would bestow the titles of the theologian and the poet upon Gregory. He penned numerous pieces on pertinent theological and pastoral questions. Five of those treatises are known as the theological orations as they deal with Trinitarian personhood against the writings of Eunomius. Today's excerpt is taken from his first oration, entitled, On Easter and His Reluctance. It is the day of resurrection, and my beginning has good auspices. Let us then keep the festival with splendor, and let us embrace one another. Let us say, brethren, even to those who hate us, much more to those who have done or suffered aught out of love for us. Let us forgive all offenses for the resurrection's sake. Let us give one another pardon. I, for the noble tyranny which I have suffered, for I can call it now noble, and you who exercised it, if you had cause to blame my tardiness. For perhaps this tardiness may be more precious in God's sight than the haste of others. For it is a good thing even to hold back from God for a little while, as did the great Moses of old and Jeremiah later on, and then to run readily to him when he calls, as did Aaron and Isaiah, so only both be done in a dutiful spirit, the former because of his own want of strength, the latter because of the might of him that called him. A mystery anointed me. I withdrew a little while at a mystery, as much as was needful to examine myself. Now I come in with a mystery, bringing with me the day as a good defender of my cowardice and weakness, that he who today rose again from the dead may renew me also by his Spirit, and, clothing me with the new man, may give me to his new creation, to those who are begotten after God, as a good modeler and teacher for Christ, willingly both dying with him and rising again with him. Yesterday, the lamb was slain, and the doorposts were anointed, and Egypt bewailed her firstborn, and the destroyer passed over us, and the seal was dreadful and reverent. And when we were walled in with the precious blood, today we have 
clean escape from Egypt and from Pharaoh. And there is none to hinder us from keeping a feast to the Lord our God. The feast of our departure, or from celebrating that feast, not in the old leaven of malice and wickedness, but in the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth, carrying with us nothing of ungodly and Egyptian leaven. Yesterday I was crucified with him. Today I am glorified with him. Yesterday I died with him. Today I am quickened with him. Yesterday I was buried with him. Today I rise with him. But let us offer to him who suffered and rose again for us. You will think perhaps that I'm going to say gold or silver or woven work or transparent and costly stones. The mere passing material of earth that remains here below and is for the most part always possessed by bad men, slaves of the world and of the prince of the world. Let us offer ourselves the possession most precious to God and most fitting. Let us give back to the image what is made after the image. Let us recognize our dignity. Let us honor our archetype. Let us know the power of the mystery and for what Christ died. Let us become like Christ, since Christ became like us. Let us become gods for his sake, since he for ours became man. He assumed the worst, that he might give us the better. He became poor, that we through his poverty might be rich. He took upon him the form of a servant, that we might receive back our liberty. He came down, that we might be exalted. He was tempted, that we might conquer. He was dishonored, that he might glorify us. He died, that he might save us. He ascended, that he might draw to himself us, who were lying low in the fall of sin. Let us give all, offer all, to him who gave himself a ransom and a reconciliation for us. But one can give nothing like oneself, understanding the mystery and becoming for his sake all that he became for ours. As you see, he offers you a shepherd, for this is what your good shepherd, who lays down his life for his sheep, is hoping and praying for. And he asks from you his subjects, and he gives you himself double instead of single, and makes the staff of his old age a staff for your spirit. 
and he adds to the inanimate temple a living one, so that exceedingly beautiful and heavenly shrine, this poor and small one, yet to him of great value, and built too with much sweat and many labors. Would that I could say that it is worthy of his labors. And he places at your disposal all that belongs to him. O great generosity! Or would it be truer to say, O fatherly love! His whorehairs, his youth, the temple, the high priest, the testator, the air, the discourses which you were longing for, and of these not such as are vain and poured out into the air, and which reach no further than the outward ear. But those which the Spirit writes and engraves on tables of stone or of flesh, not merely superficially graven, nor easily to be rubbed off, but marked very deep, not with ink, but with grace. These are the gifts given you by this august Abraham, this honorable and revered head, this patriarch, this resting place of all good, this standard of virtue, this perfection of the priesthood, who today is bringing to the Lord his willing sacrifice, his only Son, him of the promise. Do you on your side offer to God and to us obedience to your pastors? dwelling in a place of herbage and being fed by water of refreshment, knowing your shepherd well and being known by him, and following when he calls you as a shepherd frankly through the door, but not following a stranger climbing up into the fold like a robber and a traitor, nor listening to a strange voice when such would take you away by stealth and scatter you from the truth on the mountains and in the desert and pitfalls and places which the Lord does not visit and would lead you away from the sound faith in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the one power and Godhead whose voice my sheep always heard and may they always hear it but with deceitful and corrupt words, would tear them from their true shepherd. From which may we all be kept, shepherd and flock, as from a poisoned and deadly pasture, guiding and being guided far away from it, that we may all be one in Christ Jesus our Lord, now and unto heavenly rest, to whom be the glory and the might for ever and ever. Amen. St. Gregory of Nazianzus, 
pray for us. Let us pray. Almighty, ever-living God, lead us to share in the joys of heaven so that the humble flock may reach where the brave shepherd has gone before, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Go and announce the gospel of the Lord. <laughs>